Um, let's just close our eyes. Let's pray for a little minute um, just before we read God's Word. Father, we thank you for the wonderful works you do in our lives. Father, that you are a God who knows us, who loves us, who cares for us. Father, you're a God who will also correct us. And Father, you'll pull us up when we fall short. But Father, we know that you are a, a good Father. Father, we know that you are there in every situation, in every circumstance. Father, whether we're in a storm or whether we're at peace. Father, you are there. Father, your word says that you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us. Father, when we are faithless, you remain faithful. And we thank you for these truths. Father, we know them to be true in our heads, but Father, we pray that we would experience them in our hearts and in our lives. Father, we pray that as we come to your word today that you give us understanding. Father, that, Father, that our spiritual eyes and ears would be open to hear what you would say to us today. And Father, we pray that all of man's thoughts would be forgotten. But Father, those thoughts which you want to plant into our hearts today, that they would be the things which we would remember. And Father, we pray that you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Daniel, you can maybe flick up my presentation, please. Um, turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. It's the one that we're going to read from today. Could somebody maybe give Daniel a wee hand there, please? Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. All hands to the pump. Which says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. It's a verse which has been strong with me this week. To pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And the theme for today is to pray always. Um, when you go to a con conference like Cherish and you hear wonderful speakers, the reason they're able to impact your life is because they've spent the time in prayer in the secret place first. And they've heard from God and they're able to bring God's word to life, albeit they've got to practice the way they communicate. But the essence of it is because they hear from God and something of the life of God is imparted through them. And so, really, this place of prayer is so, so important. And there are th three things which I kind of wanted to highlight, but I'm going to focus on prayer today. The Word plus the Spirit plus prayer equals life. You can't take away any one of these things and remain as a Christian. It's a bit like a stool. Um, have, if you try to sit on a three-legged stool, you're going to be in trouble, okay? Take one of those legs away, and you're in trouble. And these three things, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and prayer equals life. That might sound like an oversimplification. Um, I don't think it is an oversimplification, because these are the three things in my life that sustain me, the, the three things which give me a life, getting into God's Word, having His Spirit reveal that word to me, and the prayer is the connection between God and I. You know, there are many people who read the Bible. You can read the Bible 
in an academic fa fashion. You can understand what it's saying in a historical context, but never get the life from it. It's the spirit that brings life. And if you don't believe me, here are some verses to back up what I'm saying. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And we have the very words of God written in our Bibles for us to read. 1 Corinthians 15 says this, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, talking about Jesus, a life-giving spirit. A life-giving spirit. And then lastly, that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. These are the times when he connected with his Father and when the Father imparted life to him, for when the Father imparted his words to him that he needed to share to others. And today I want to focus on this last bit uh, for the time that we have left, to focus on prayer, because prayer is vital. Prayer is life-giving. And prayer is like water to us. Stop drinking and you'll dehydrate. Soon you will feel weak. And if you don't do something about it, you're not going to be around for very long. You can't survive without water. Our bodies can't survive. Our spirits cannot survive without prayer. The church is full of weak Christians because we do not pray and we do not take these things seriously. The things which God has given us, and I'm not criticizing, please hear my heart. I speak to myself before I speak to anybody else. Every time I stand here, I speak to myself because the word searches me before I'm able to give a word. But the times in my life when I have been weak, I've been able to look and see that the reason for that is because I have lost my connection with God. Those times in the lonely places, those times away, and we can become so busy in life doing God's work that we lose this connection, we lose life, and it becomes mechanical. And so prayer, prayer is a key. Prayer affects our spiritual health. It affects our connection, our relationship with God. But prayer also changes things. Prayer changes us. And I'm so, here, so pleased to hear, Jeanette, that you went with specific prayer requests. And we'll come to that in just a little while. Specific prayer requests. Because God is a God of specificity. Is that right? Did I say that right? <laughs> Uh, I don't think I did, but that's neither here nor there. God wants to hear our prayers and requests, and we'll come to that in just a little a minute or two. This Saturday coming, I want to stress this. This Saturday coming, um, and I've been talking about this, we're going to pray for our community. And we're going to pray in three locations, and they're coming up on the screen, as you can see. Why do we do this? I believe that this is something that is God-given, that we pray for our community, that we speak over our community, and I'm going to talk about that in just a little second. I feel this is something which is what God is asking us to do. Prayer is vital. If we want to live in a community that is changed, where there is a demonstration of God's power, then we need to take this seriously. I look at a community where there's a demonstration of the powers of darkness. 
when we look at our community and the things which are happening. If we want to see God's purposes come, God's kingdom come, his will be done in this community as it is in heaven, then we need to grasp this. We need to grasp the fact that we need to pray. Now, the children of Israel, when they crossed the Jordan, their first encounter was the city of Jericho. God gave them specific instructions as to how to conquer Jericho. There was no plan B. It was not an optional extra. It wasn't something you would do if you had time. It was something that everybody did. Every single person was involved in this because it was the instruction that God gave them. And I feel, I feel as a, as a church, Whitburn is our Jericho. And this is the strategy which God has given us to begin to take our town back for Jesus, is that we begin to pray over this community. And it was interesting this week that the word that I had to pray blessing over our community was confirmed. To pray prayers of blessing over this community. Not to pray against things, but to pray for things. You know, if there is darkness, do we pray against the darkness or do we pray that God brings light? I felt that God was saying that we pray that his light shines. As soon as his light shines, that will sort out the darkness problems. If there are spiritual, emotional, or physical strongholds, then we should pray that God breaks the chains. Jesus came and he said that he had come to set the captives free, to break chains of oppression, to break chains of injustice. How do we do this? We do this by engaging with our Father at this place, in the secret place, and then we begin to speak out and we begin to be salt and we begin to be light. If there is anger, if there is discord, then we must pray for peace because Jesus is himself the Prince of Peace. If there's division, whether it's in the church or in the community, perhaps through sectarianism, then we need to pray for healing. We don't pray against these things. We pray for God's healing to come in. And so this is an opportunity that we have as a church to engage in something that God is saying that we, and I encourage everyone, to get around and begin to get involved. If you can't make Saturday at noon, get in touch with Stephen Turnbull because he's going to begin around on the Friday. And already some people have indicated that they want to do that. Prayer, prayer is vital, and we need to grasp this. What does the Bible say? It says that we need to pray in the Spirit. Jude says this, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? I think it means two things. It means to pray prayers that are inspired by God's Holy Spirit. It's very easy to become mechanical in our prayer life and to just go through the same things and have routine. And it's good that we have discipline and we, we pray into certain things regularly, but we need to wait in God and have our prayers inspired by the Holy Spirit. I remember... Uh, in 2011, in one of our Bulgaria trips in 2011, there was a moment when I was in a car, I can't remember if I was driving or not, but there was a moment 
where I was arrested and I had to pray. Andrew's son Mark was on that trip and I felt impressed to pray for Mark. And it was one of those moments where I took a note of the time because I thought, I wonder what's happening. But it was to pray for him, to pray for his safety. And then I learned later on that at that point in time, there was a little wobbly moment in one of the other vehicles, um, just a little scare. Uh, where's Marlon? Glad you weren't on that trip. Um, just a little scare um, where there, there was the potential of an accident. And you think, wow, that's, that's incredible. At that very moment, God inspires somebody to pray. I remember another occasion. Uh, I was driving in towards Livingston. Um, I was almost at the, the roundabout, the Brucefield roundabout. And just this overwhelming sense to pray for Lois and her dad. I didn't know why, but then I later knew that they were on their way uh, to hospital um, in a car. Um, for those of you who know, um, John uh, died of cancer, and uh, it was a difficult time for the family. And there was such an impression to pray for John and for Lois at that point in time. It was so strong that I actually felt as if I was in the car uh, with them. Just a powerful, powerful moment. Praying in the Spirit. Prayers that are inspired by the Spirit of God. But then I think it's also about praying in our heavenly language. For me, praying in tongues, as we call it, praying in my heavenly language, uh, it helps me when I'm not sure what to pray for. And sometimes I think what's happening around us is probably more spiritual than we give credit for. And to pray in our heavenly language is a means of connecting with God and praying prayers that we don't necessarily think about. Prayer in a heavenly language bypasses our mind in that sense. We don't use our understanding. We pray as we are inspired by the Spirit. And can I encourage you, if you speak in tongues, to speak more in tongues, to use that gift which God has given you. Don't leave it sitting. Don't leave it to lie fallow. Use the gift which God has given you and use it regularly. And then there's this prayer, the prayer of the Spirit through us. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says this, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Romans 8, 26. The Spirit himself intercedes for us. We have the Holy Spirit living within us, and the Holy Spirit living within us is able to pray in a way that God can understand. These are inexpressible prayers sometimes. These are sounds which our hearts and our spirits make. That they're, they're beyond words. They're too deep for words. Particularly when we're grieving or when we're in pain and there are things going on and we can't begin to even express those things to God. But can I encourage you to remember that God knows the language of your heart. God knows it. Because God is the person who invented the language of the heart. He understands that language. He understands what's going on in your heart. So we need to develop our ability to pray in the Spirit. If you don't feel that's something that you've ever done before, ask God to come and help you with it. I remember being really struck by C.S. Lewis when he talked about when you're not sure how to pray, pray about praying. 
I was like, that's so obvious that I never thought about it. Yeah, I'm struggling to pray, so I'm going to pray about praying first before I do anything else. And then once God answers that prayer, then you're away. Easy peasy. The Spirit speaks into our spirits. We, we begin to have an understanding of who He is. I'm going to move on, uh, try and get through these, these notes. And we're to pray on all occasions. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 6 through 18. One of my favorite verses in Scripture. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray always, continually, being joyful. Do you always feel joyful? I don't know about you. I don't always feel joyful. I don't always feel like singing and dancing. Just where, where we're at sometimes. But the thing that I, want, that, that I was struck by when I came to think about this point is that our attitude is so, so important. Attitude, let me put this out there. Attitude is everything. And uh, going back to our trip to Bulgaria, Josh was sitting at the window as the plane was doing all its things. We were looking at the way the plane moved and all this kind of stuff and what the flaps were doing on the wings, because we were sitting over the wings at one point in time. And, you know, it made me think about uh, this in relation to an aircraft. You talk about attitude in an aircraft. Where that arrow is, is pointing to the center of gravity of that plane, okay? Around that point, the plane can move this way with the, rudder, with the, the flaps on the wings, the big wings, okay? It can move this way. It can also move this way based on the, the rudder, the big tail fin at the back. It can move. It can change its attitude that way. But it can also move back and forward. It can tilt the nose or lift the nose based on the, the wings at the back of the plane. These three movements are what control the aeroplane's attitude. And the attitude of the aeroplane is how it's positioned in relation to the earth. How it's positioned in relation to the earth. And it made me think about us. Our attitude is what defines us. It's how we're positioned in relation to others around us in the body of Christ. Our attitude is what positions us in relation to our friends, our family, our neighbors, and even our community. Our attitude is how we are positioned in relationship to God. And let's stop there because that's the real benchmark. That is the real standard. How are we positioned in relation to God? Our attitude is everything. I can't understate that. If you're going through the storm, as we've talked about this morning, some of the ladies have talked about this, if our attitude is to point the nose down, then that's where we're going to go. Because we're going to follow the trajectory of where the nose is. That plane, as soon as, that, as, soon as those uh, tail flaps change and that nose goes down, that plane is going to keep going, going, keep going down until something changes that affects the attitude. And our attitude is so, so important. What do we say here? Be joyful always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. I've had to put this one to the test in the most difficult year of my life. Do we have an attitude that takes us up towards God? 
that takes us out towards other people? Or do we have an attitude that takes us down when the tough times come? Our attitude in prayer is vital. Prayer helps us to have that attitude that Jesus would have, an attitude of prayerfulness, an attitude of thankfulness. It's so easy to get caught up in the things that are happening round about us and to forget where we're heading. And sometimes, do you know, sometimes it needs another person to come and point that out to us and say, by the way, do you realize you're on a nosedive here? Do you have people in your life that are brave enough to tell you, by the way, you're on a nosedive here. You're heading down. People that will bring correction into your life. We need people that we can trust who are able to have that voice into our lives and say, by the way, this plane's going to crash if you don't do something about it soon. And uh, you need to sort out your attitude because it stinks. We need people who will tell us these things. We're encouraged to pray with all sorts of prayers and requests. Another one of my favorite verses in the scriptures, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, which is the, the, the Greek word that's used here is the most frequently used term for prayer, and petition, which is about our needs, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, the things that you have asked for. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Praying with all sorts of prayers. What kind of prayers do you think we could be praying? Well, there's loads. And I'm going to flick through just a few of them and highlight them. Prayers of confession. Prayers when we are agreeing with God's assessment of things or our life. Prayers of repentance, prayers when we are turning our way around and going God's way, prayers of worship, the song that rises from within our hearts. Did you know that worship is a form of prayer? Prayers of thankfulness as we contemplate God's many blessings that he pours out on our lives. You know, those who heard the stories of the children from Watoto, you will realize just how blessed you are. But then I think about this. I've shared with a few people after Watoto and just recently. Um, when I was in Ethiopia, we were doing a, a team debrief. Um, at the end of that time, it was a short trip. It was so fast, so much to take in. And it came to the last night. And here we are up in this room up in the top of the hotel doing this debrief. And I burst into tears. And I can't stop crying. And people around about me are thinking it's because of what I've seen and all this kind of stuff. But it wasn't because of what I'd saw. Do you know why I was crying? I was crying because I realized that the needs which we saw in Ethiopia exist here as well. The needs amongst the children in Uganda are the needs of some children in this country as well. And one of the things that really moved me was when I thought about Mary and the way that she grew up in this world as a child, as a teenager, to grow up fatherless, to grow up motherless, to be abused. And Mary will tell you her own story. I thought the same needs are here in our community. 
And I look at my own life and think I've been so blessed in the way that I've been brought up. But there are children in our community who need a father. There are children in our community who need a mother. Young people who need somebody to get alongside them and show them the way to go because they don't know where they're going. I'm thankful so many times. This might sound weird, and I'm definitely going off on a tangent here. But I get up in the morning, I have a routine. I do the same things every single day because my personality likes routine. And I get up and I get into the shower. And as I'm standing in the shower, so many times I just thank God for the clean water that's running over me. And it's hot, clean water running over my body, cleaning me on the outside. And I think about God and I thank him for his spirit that cleans me on the inside. And very often I start my day with that way, thank you Lord for blessing me. An attitude of thankfulness in our prayers. We come to God with requests. When we ask God for specific things, either for us or our families, our church, or community, whatever, any types of things. And then the Bible uses these uh, words, petition or supplication. Essentially, it's our needs-based prayers that we pray. And I've heard so many people say, I feel guilty about asking for things for myself. Why? God is our Father. He knows what we need before we even ask. But we've not to just keep on going in our prayers when He already knows what we need. Be specific in your prayers. Because when you ask specifically for things, you'll know when God's done it. And it'll be encouragement, but it'll also be for his glory. Then there's intercession, prayers where we pray on behalf of other people. Prayers of blessing, where we're actually being specific in the way that we bless people. Not just us asking God to bless in a certain way, but us actually using our words to bless others. The Bible says we have to bless those who curse us and to pray pray for those who mistreat us. It doesn't say ask God to bless those who curse you. It says you bless those who curse you. You begin to speak things over their life, either when they're listening to you or when they're not listening to you. You begin to speak those words of blessing over others. And then there's this whole area of conversation. I love this dimension of prayer, where it's just like having a conversation with God and just talking about what you're seeing and what you're experiencing and what you're feeling. Then the dimension of listening in prayer is so, so important. Taking time to be still before God, not saying anything. And some of the most precious prayer times are when we just listen to what God wants to say to us, perhaps with an open Bible, prayerfully reading it. The Bible tells us to be alert, to be watchful. Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. We need to be attentive to what is happening in us. Perhaps it's the burden that God is placing within us that I spoke about last week. And listening and praying in accordance with that burden. We need to pay attention to what is happening in the lives of other people as well. What's happening in the lives of your brothers and sisters here. How many people, as you look around this room, how many people don't you know by name? Interesting question. 
How many people don't you know by name? We're not a big church. And so, really, we should be able to know everybody by name, do you? If you don't, why not? Go and speak to somebody at the end of this church service that you don't know. Ask them their name. Tell them yours. Say, how about I pray for you? Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful. Watchful about what's happening in the lives of others as well. Because lastly, it says to pray for all the saints. The verse that we started with, Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. The context of this passage is spiritual warfare. The context of this passage is standing with the armor of God on us, over us, and God's heart and word in us. Can I just finish off by saying that prayer is not for experts? I've heard this so many times. I can't pray like that person does. I feel inferior. How do you think I would feel if my child, when they were young, when they were in the baby stage, felt that they couldn't come and speak to me because they couldn't speak and articulate their words like their big sister did? Okay? Imagine Josh doing that with me. Oh, I don't want to go and speak to Dad because I don't know how you put it the way that Sarah does it. She's just so articulate and she's so, she just gets it so right every time. No, that's not how it works. God wants a relationship with us, regardless of what stage we're at. We're all at different stages. And we'll always be at different stages. It's just part and parcel of church life. It's not about experts and experts praying. Jesus talked about the experts who prayed. He pointed out a Pharisee who was praying away in this fine-sounding prayer. And the man got up and he said, oh, you know, I don't even want to stand here and pray because I'm a sinner. Who did Jesus commend? Did he commend the Pharisee or did he commend the man who came with an open heart before God? Prayer is a gift that's given to us all. We're able to approach God, the God that created the universe. We're able to come before this almighty, supreme being, just as a child comes to their father. Think of the most, the, the smallest and the most insignificant creature you can imagine. And imagine it approaching you for help. You need to kind of get into C.S. Lewis's Narnia here, okay? Where animals can speak, okay? Imagine the most insignificant little creature. For those of you who don't like spiders, imagine it was a little spider saying, Excuse me, can you help me with my web? And you go, well, webs aren't my speciality, but I know a man who can do that, but he's only in films. Um... But imagine the most insignificant creature you could ever imagine coming and asking you for help. You'd think, this is a bit strange. Here are we, and somebody talked about this. I can't remember who mentioned it after Louis Giglio's thing. How small and insignificant we are as we compare ourselves to the universe. We think we're the center of the universe, but actually we're not. But we're the center of God's universe, each and every one of us. And he wants to have a relationship with us. And prayer is part of that relationship. God wants to communicate with us. He wants us to communicate with him. We are each dependent 
on God, but we're each endowed with the mechanism to communicate with this God, but we're each responsible for how we handle it, for what we do with it. And that's the challenge today. What are we going to do with this gift that God has given us, the gift of prayer? What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do on Friday afternoon this week? Or on Saturday at noon this week? What are we going to do with the thing which we feel so strongly that God has sent us to do? What are we going to do throughout the week in our personal quiet time with God? What are we going to do? Are we going to take this seriously? Or are we just going to do our own thing? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we just thank you for the many blessings which you pour out on our lives. Father, we thank you that we have your spirit living within us. Father, that there are times when we don't even know what to pray. Father, times where there's a burden in our hearts which is so heavy that we can't even imagine how we're going to be able to stand under that burden. And Father, we just thank you that you have asked us to come to you in prayer. Father, we thank you that in that moment when Jesus gave up his spirit, that the curtain in the temple was torn in two, that that holy of holies symbolically was opened up. And Father, that in the same way, through the spirit, we are able to come into your presence, into the very holy of holies. Father, to come before God. And Father, we just thank you for this wonderful privilege that we have to come before you. Father, help us to spend time with you this week. Father, help us to hear your voice. Father, help us in the areas where we struggle. Father, we ask that you'd help us to really be the people that you want us to be. Father, help us not to feel insignificant. Father, help us not to feel unimportant because, Father, each one of us is important to you. Father, your word says that even, even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even in that state, Jesus came and that he died for us. Father, we thank you that Jesus died in order that we might have that relationship with you, that our sin has been dealt with. Father, we've all sinned, and we all get it wrong, but Father, we thank you that the gift of life, that gift of eternal life, is found in Jesus. Father, that forgiveness is found in Jesus. And Father, my prayer is that we turn to him. Father, maybe for some of us it's for the first time we've never prayed before. Father, maybe for some people they've never given their hearts to you. And Father, my prayer is that we would do that, that we'd come before you and that we'd confess our sins that we would make that confession to you. Father, that we would turn around, that we would repent. And Father, that we would invite your Holy Spirit in, that we may be able to pray in the way that you have asked us to. Father, to pray in the Spirit on all occasions, to pray with thankfulness, to be joyful. Father, to find that place of that true heart connection with you. Father, that we might not only receive for ourselves, but Father, that we may have the words to share, words of life to share with others as well. So, Father, we pray that you'd be at work in our hearts today and the remainder of this week as we set off into a week that we don't know what holds. Father, we just thank you that you are there for us, that you are demonstrating your power. 
Father, we just thank you for answers to prayer, even this week, this weekend. And Father, we just pray that you would help us to stand on those things, to, to be able to work those things through and to persevere in prayer in those things. Father, we pray that you'd help us in all things to be diligent. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.